0: You watched Big Little Lies season one, right? I did, yeah. Are you watching season two?
1: I'm not yet. Is it good?
0: Yeah, I just have one thing to say. <laughs> sure. It's totally out of context and it's no spoilers, but it's Laura Dern screaming, I will not not be rich. <laughs> I don't care the flaws of the show. I am happy to live in a world where we're not a client says the words, I will not not be rich. Jillian Pensavalle, Patrick Hines, banana. We
1: I like did it. it. I like it too.
0: It always feels really nice to do the banana. It does. I like it. <laughs>
1: Guys, before we get to the show, we uh, last week we announced two new live shows. We're gonna be in Toronto in September. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a show with the more Murray boys and Maggie here in New York in October. Yeah. I'm really excited about that one. We're gonna it's like Halloween-y, we're investigating the more Murray case. We're making fun of the boys and Maggie. Yeah,
0: I'm just gonna hang. I'm yeah. gonna be there to hang. I'm we're not gonna, gonna investigate, I'm gonna ask questions to everyone else who knows more about more Correct. than me. We're gonna yeah. drink, we're gonna make
1: fun, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have a good time, and we're gonna like
0: actually talk about like new information in the case. Yeah, we're gonna hang out, and you guys are all invited to watch us hang out.
1: Yeah, and if you have questions about the case, bring them you guys we're gonna or they're gonna answer your questions in real time okay um patreon girl mm-hmm. listen last week's after party was one of my favorites because we got to talk about the pride show yeah, and funny. we got to like use clips from the actual pride show Fun. which we're like not releasing so that's kind of the only place where you can hear some of the shenanigans yeah uh you guys at the five dollar level you get all of our bonus episodes covering episode by episode serial season one mm-hmm. the staircase making a murderer Lorena. the reina what else the jinx the jinx so many
0: things so many. and then just random Things. Sometimes we just hang out in there. It's true. I mean, that's
1: the after party. Right. Oh, and at the $7 level with the after party, you get ringtones.
0: Yes. Oh my the
1: God. breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> and like our theme song. Uh, and then at the $10 level, you get these episodes ad-free. Yes. You guys, speaking of the Patreon, we are doing something this week we've never done before. So right now, you're hearing our first episode on I Love You Now Die. Yeah. Available right now is the second half of this episode on the Patreon at the $5 level ad-free. We're going to leave it there for this whole week it's going to be next week's episode with ads like in the regular feed mm-hmm. but you can get it right now Ad free at the $5 level. Right. I'm very excited about this.
0: Yeah, because it is, it's split into two parts. Right. We had to
1: do two episodes. Right.
0: So the first part is all about the prosecution and the second part is the defense. So now you get all of the story this minute.
1: And nothing is as it seems, you guys.
0: Nothing. (laughs) Roller coaster ride. All right, girl, get us started. Okay. Ears to my shoulders. Get us started, please. Yeah, this is crazy. So Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy fell in love in 2012. They lived an hour away from each other. Uh huh. They only met five. Five times. They exchanged thousands and thousands of texts over two years. Right. And their relationship ends with Conrad Roy killing himself. And up until this documentary, it was because Michelle Carter told him to, like, out of the clear blue sky. Yeah, guys, That's we, what the media told us. We get a lot of new information. Like a I lot. said, nothing is as it seems. I went into this thinking she was a total stable monster, right. attention <laughs> wanting. The, like, she,
1: like a mean girl. The media portrayed her as, like, a mean girl who, like, as a joke, made this kid kill himself.
0: Yeah. And I went into this this being like, I hate her, I hate her, I hate her, and I, my mind, it's, I'm, I'm all over the place with this one.
2: I saw him text her all the time, but I didn't think that they had a relationship like that.
3: It's sort of impossible to understand what happened, because it's so far from, you know, acceptable human behavior. trial of a Plainville
1: woman accused of encouraging her friend to kill himself through text messages is now underway.
4: We're all left wondering what happened. Now we have this opportunity to see inside their minds. One level of the conversation is a kid that's going to kill himself. And there's another level that's
3: a romantic fantasy.
0: The question
5: is, can you cause someone else to commit suicide? She keeps at him, Your Honor, at him and at him. The defendant's own words, his death was my fault. I told him to get back in.
4: Mr. Roy himself stated, I want to die. She thought she was doing absolutely the right thing.
1: It's a perfect storm of a tragedy. Do you know Steve told me this is the same person who made Mommy, Dead and Dearest and the Cannibal Cop documentary? Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. I know. Also, I should say this takes place at every place I've ever lived. Right. Okay, so we're in Massachusetts. Yeah, so Fairhaven, Massachusetts. I lived there. I went to Catholic school in Fairhaven, Massachusetts for one year. St. Joseph's. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I didn't burst into a ball of gay flames. (laughs) He killed himself in the parking lot of the Kmart that like, I used to go to all the time with my family.
0: Right, and after one of his earlier suicide attempts, he was brought to a hospital where you were Born. born. He goes to Toby Hospital. It's the hospital where I was born in Wareham, Massachusetts. Was that a total mind f for you it to be was. watching this horrible story and being like, well, that's my Kmart"? I know, <laughs>
1: that's my hospital.
3: That's
0: my hospital.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was crazy. That
0: must be so nuts. Also, I think
1: for Haven or Fall River or something right around that area is where Lizzie Borden's house is. That's like what where she. What is going
0: on yep. in Massachusetts? The Salem witch <laughs> trials. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> There's a lot going on. What's it's in the true. water up in Massachusetts?
1: <laughs> so we jump ahead three years after his name is Conrad, mm-hmm. after Conrad kills himself, and we hear like the news footage of Michelle's trial. Michelle is the one who's accused of basically telling him to kill himself.
4: The trial of a Plainville woman accused of encouraging her friend to kill himself through text messages is now underway. Michelle Carter is on trial for manslaughter to decide if text messages she sent crossed a legal line whether she should be held responsible for her boyfriend's decision to take his own life.
0: We see all these text messages. Like, there's a lot of text messaging in this, you guys. Bding! <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop, yeah, yes. Whoop. Whoop, totally. Um, and the the last text message we see before the movie really gets started is she's like, I think it's time to do it now. Then it's okay to be scared. It's normal. I mean, you're about to die. Right. <laughs> oh God. And I'm like, wait, what? And like, I want you to
1: read all of her text messages with that affect. Okay.
0: We're <laughs> about to die.
1: And so then we're seeing Mary Claire Flynn. She's an assistant district attorney. Mm-hmm. And all I have is she is super mad. She's
0: furious.
5: She's really mad. 17 year- old Michelle Carter who for weeks badgered, berated her depressed boyfriend Conrad Roy, 18 years old, into killing himself. And on July 12, 2014, as his truck was filling with carbon monoxide, he was scared. He got out. It was the defendant on the other end of the phone who ordered him back in, then listened for 20 minutes as he cried in pain, took his last breath, and died.
1: Again, we're hearing the narrative that the media presented, which is, for weeks, Michelle Carter berated her boyfriend, Conrad, into killing himself.
5: And this is
0: the first time we hear something that is that we will hear throughout this documentary. Yeah. The
5: fact that, according to the prosecution, according to the media... She assisted and devised and advised and planned his suicide. She reasoned him out of his reservations... She told him that once he was dead, he would be free and happy. She pushed him to kill himself sooner rather than later. And she used Conrad as a pawn in her sick game of life and death.
0: Conrad was going to kill himself when you do that thing with the car where the. um, Where
1: basically he like he somehow got the carbon monoxide in the cab of his truck and closed all the windows and then you die. That's how you die.
0: And now we're learning about this thing that she allegedly did, which was he was terrified, opened the door, got out of the car and she told him, get back in.
1: Right. So put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it. It's important.
0: That's the foundation of the prosecution's case. Exactly.
1: So now we're in Fairhaven, Massachusetts, July 13th, 2014. We hear the police radio transmission that, like, there's a missing kid.
0: Right.
3: A18 to all Kaisen stations. This is for a missing 18-year-old
1: boy, Conrad Roy. And it's Conrad.
0: Right. And now we start to meet Conrad's family. Right. So we meet Lynn, who's his mother, and she's shocked. She immediately knows something wrong. Like, every mom does. Like She
1: has this crazy story where she says that, like, he was, he was gone.
2: I didn't know where he was. And then... And I felt this rush go through my body that I've never felt in my life. And I feel like he just passed through me.
0: But, like, that's good feeling. Right. No. I mean I can't imagine it's it. It's just like instant dread I would think. Oh God. Yeah.
1: Uh, and we know he's in like a black pickup truck. Then we see Conrad's dad and we find out that like a friend told Conrad's dad that his dad's pickup truck. Uh-huh. You guys they're all named Conrad. Like it's all the grandpa, them. the dad, and the son. They're all named they're Conrad. All Conrad. So the grandpa's truck has been found and it's surrounded by caution tape. And so the dad like jumps in his car and he's like obviously my son is in that car. Like he g- tears down to the Kmart parking lot right? And and it's just, like, all at once the family knows.
0: Yeah. Because, he's
1: dead in the car.
0: Right. And so now, like, the cops get involved, obviously. I don't know why I said that. Like, breaking news, the cops are involved in a case. Like, obviously. Um, but how, dare I, how, I, how dare you? How dare you invoke the breaking
1: news at this moment.
0: She deserves better, that d- reporter. So they're thinking, like, why would an 18-year-old kid kill themselves? And I'm like, have you never been 18? <laughs> Exactly It's a super hard time But so Conrad left this journal Of suicide notes to his family Yeah And this journal Also contained All of his passwords Almost as if like Go look Go look through my things
4: Right At the time in which Conrad was located His phone was dead So there was Some discussion As to whether or not To take it or not But the people Assigned to the case That day Decided to, to Take the phone and there wasn't a, at that point that didn't seem like there was a ton of reason to get into the phone other than to try to come up with an answer of why an 18 year old boy would have killed himself. No one knew about what, had actually occurred.
0: So the cops unlock the phone, and the latest text messages, like the most recent ones, are from him and Michelle, and it doesn't take them long. I mean, the last ones are like, okay, are you killing yourself yet?
1: I know. So
0: they are immediately like, who is this Michelle Carter person? Like, we need to get... <laughs> <laughs> like, where is she? They,
1: like, reach their hand up and, like, put that light on top of the car.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Let's go. Like, but can you imagine reading that? Like, oh my god. I
1: know. No, it's cr- it's insane. It's,
0: uh... Because remember, these two knew
1: each other for years and years they were boyfriend girlfriend but they never saw each other they only communicated through text message
0: so the cops there's so much correspondence that they print it all out and, and it's they like, like thousands of pages like you get a thousand pages you <laughs> you get a thousand pages and you get a thousand pages and they all go home and read it and they come back and they're like okay something yeah. we need to find this Michelle person because one of them says it was constant encouragement for him to take his life almost like she demanded it like he would disappoint her if he didn't
4: right it was awful it was awful to think that there was somebody that could actually push somebody towards suicide like that, especially someone that young.
1: And they say, like, were it not for this Michelle Carter person, he would be alive here today.
0: Right. You guys, we hear Michelle's only recorded statement on the case. So
1: yeah, the police go and find this Michelle person in her school. She,
0: they like take her out of class and interview her. She lies right from the top. I know. <laughs> she's immediately lying.
1: It's her only interview on the record. Yes. And we, she's not interviewed for the documentary. Like this
4: is all we really hear. No, about. of
0: course not. Yeah.
4: It is five fifty one on October second. We're talking to Michelle Carter at King Philip High School. Um, Michelle, the reason why we came out here is we were looking into Conrad's unfortunate passing. Alright? Yeah. Um, did you have contact on him that day right up until he 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 passed? Mm-hmm. Did you do you think you had contact with him that day?
3: Um, I don't think
4: so. Yeah. Did he did he tell you he was gonna do that or anything like that? Um he was talking
3: about it for a while yeah. and he told me
0: that um, like no one would be able to help him They were in constant contact yeah. with each other So she's just lying immediately And she's like oh you know the phone hung up And I didn't think anything of it And right. they're like I'm sorry what? <laughs> I was talking to him on the phone Like the night before The 12th And
3: we were talking And then Like the phone like hung up But I didn't,
2: I didn't really think anything of it I just, I didn't really know what to do. I was just scared for him, because I had a feeling that this would come up at some point.
3: Like, Just, what happened? Okay.
0: Wasn't he in the middle of, of taking his own life and the phone hung up and you didn't think anything of it?
1: Because she doesn't know that they have all of his text messages.
3: Right. She I mean, has
1: no idea that they dummy. know the answer to all these questions. So they ask her if she has her phone and she says it's like broken or whatever. Which is like. And yourself. they say like, is it is that, pass- can I see that? Is that password protected? She's like, um, yeah. And they're like, can you put in the password?
4: Um, is that, is that your phone? Is that the phone you had? Yeah,
1: it's
2: my phone. It's kind of broken. <laughs>
4: Oh, it is? Oh, we look at the
2: screen. Is
4: this password protected?
2: Yeah.
4: What's, you know the password? I mean? Um,
2: yeah.
4: Um, we have a search warrant for your phone. Okay? So we'll be taking it.
3: Wait, so you're taking my phone? Yes. Do I get it back?
4: At some point, you will, yeah.
1: She puts in the password, and then they tell her that they have a search warrant so they can take her phone from her.
0: And then she goes, do I get it back? Right. She's t- terrified. Yeah, I but know. But the cop is trying to be so chill about it because he's like, uh, do you know? Do you happen to know the password to your own phone? It's like, <laughs>
3: cop, right. you got to
0: play a cool a little bit here. Of course she knows them. She's a teenager. Right. Do folks. you happen to know how to get into this, this? Who's he? What's it? Like, copper, your age is showing. Calm down. You guys, they downloaded sixty thousand files from her phone. Teenagers, am I right? I know because it's everything
1: from like text messages to uh, Facebook chats, videos, emails, everything. all of that. I wonder how many files I have on my phone. Probably as many.
0: As many, easily as yeah. many. <laughs> Teenagers, <laughs> am I right?
1: <laughs> Teenage girls, am I right? Uh,
0: totally. Then they go through her messages, right, and putting every all of this together, and they're like, something is up, obviously.
1: And they say, like, at this point, we knew we had something
4: criminal. We each grabbed a copy of it and went home at night and read about a thousand. Text messages. Each we came back the next morning, and I still remember that we looked at each other, and I, I don't know if I said it first or he said it first, but it was if it wasn't for her, he's alive today.
0: So now we're at February 5th, 2015, and a grand jury returns an indictment for involuntary manslaughter. And she's booked and released on bail the same day.
1: And Conrad's family is shocked because they don't know anything. They know that Conrad is dead and that he's killed himself, but they don't have the details of the the text on his phone or her phone. All of a sudden, the texts are coming out in the news and the family's minds are just blown. When she was arrested and the
2: texts came out,
0: we were just shocked. I mean, it was just so heinous. When are you gonna do it? Stop ignoring the question. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. It can't keep pushing off. Are you gonna do it tonight? And she keeps at him, your honor, at him and at him to do it. And they're also like, who is Michelle Carter? They didn't know that they were together dating, however you want to say it. Right. Because they met one time. Right. Like, they met Michelle one time. They didn't know. Like, can you imagine as a parent, like, your kid having this secret, intimate relationship with no, someone you don't know about? this is
1: the thing that I always talk about. Like, when you give a kid a cell phone, mm-hmm. you are giving them permission to have a secret life.
0: What is the right thing to do? Parents, I don't know how you do it. I'm talking to all of you. I know. Mine, too. How, how do you guys do this? Robbie? how? how? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you you know, Rabia actually has the answer to this.
0: Oh, she does. Literally, Rabia, how do you do it? She's like, chai. Right. <laughs> a lot of chai.
1: <laughs> but honestly, like, of course there's a secret life going on on the inside of their phones. And then without without a trial, without anything, she's being tried in the media. Garbage Nancy Grace is back.
2: Go ahead and do it. Do it, babe. Why haven't you done it yet? What is that puss on her face? Hold on. Back it up, Liz. Okay. Hold everything. And you know, Nancy Grace
0: forms a lot of public opinion. Yeah. I mean, the media was just out to get this person because, again, like, they don't have the transcripts of all the messages. Right. So the cops say this girl was encouraging her boyfriend to kill himself. That's kind of all they have. Right. So the texts that are being released are like, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? So there's tons of ways
1: to do it. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. It's normal to be scared. This is,
0: yeah, you're about to die. Like, go ahead and do it. Have you done it yet? Like, why haven't you killed yourself yet? Right. Which are actual (laughs) texts. it's It's true. It's unbelievable to read. So then Nancy Grace, of course, Find some photo of her where she looks like a little brat in the right. in the picture, and she's like, "What is that puss on her face?" <laughs> and she's like, "Jenny, put that back up there!" Like she demands her producer, and it's like, oh, "I remember know. when our
1: booth was right across from Nancy Grace's booth at CrimeCon." Who? <laughs> and all of us were not having it. Nancy who? Nancy Nancy where?
0: Nancy what?
1: Okay, you guys. All of a sudden, it cuts to June thirteenth, twenty fourteen. It's one month before Conrad's death. I was not expecting this. All of a sudden, we're seeing Conrad.
2: Hi, this is Conrad Roy. And I'm going to talk to you about social anxiety. For me, social anxiety feels like it's overwhelming my life. I'm 18 years old, and I still haven't recovered from social anxiety, depression, it's controlling me.
0: He's doing this, like, video, this vlog or something. Yeah,
1: he's, it's a, it's, he's recording himself on his own computer. It's his like a he's, video diary. But it looks like he's talking right to, like, right to us. He is. It's so I mean, crazy.
0: It's heartbreaking because yeah. he's talking about his social anxiety. He wants to get better. All of this pressure to be happy. And he says, I have a great mom and a great dad.
1: Ellipsis for the most part. Yeah, put a pin in that. We'll get back to that
0: garbage. Yeah, I, I oh, didn't I didn't like the dad on site.
1: Yeah, here's the thing. We see a lot of Fairhaven, the town that they grew up in. Mm-hmm. You know when you like lived in a place for a long time and like your take on it was that it was kind of garbagey and gross, mm-hmm. and then you see like other people's home videos or photos and it looks beautiful uh-huh. and scenic. That's kind of what I was going through with all of this. Right. Like, wait, they look like they had money mm-hmm. and their house was nice and like they lived on the water. And I was like, "Oh, that was not what I remember of
4: Fairhaven." Everything
0: is like nautical themed. I right. loved being on the boat. <laughs> so,
4: Totally. <laughs> Our family, we uh, work in the water, we play in the water. When he was younger, he definitely liked um, being on the
3: sailboats and being in like, the pleasure boats. When he got a little bit older, we would take him on some salvage jobs.
1: And then in his like junior year, he, he worked with me full time. The dad is wearing like Nautica clothing. The, our childhoods were very different. There
0: was like the thing that you steer a boat with, like an old timey pirates that captain ship
1: thing, whatever, with, like the wood, the wheel. Yeah, he's
0: like sitting in front of one during his interview. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. He has
0: like netting as like decor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not why. This is not why. I, didn't, I just. I was like, something's up with this guy, and yeah. we learn why eventually. Mm-hmm. But Conrad is is being really open, and he's like, if I just keep talking, if I just keep talking and I get out of my head, I'm going to get better. Like, he really had a drive to get help in some way. It's It's weird, because,
1: like, who is this for? Who is he talking to? Is it for himself? Like, it it is very crazy. Like, he seems like he is trying to get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do. there's just one part of of one of Conrad's videos where he's just so mass holy, which, like, if you're from there, he's like, Turn
3: the gears. The gears need to be turning. I turn them gears.
1: I'm turning the gears. Yeah. The gears gotta be turning.
0: And he does like, he's doing a voice about yeah. it. Like he know. like he, it's kind of a bit that he's doing, but and he, it's just his way of being like, I'm going to try you guys. I'm going to work really hard I at know. getting help. And then we just hear Bye Bye Birdie being sung. I, <laughs> I was thinking about you immediately. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we love you, Conrad. Oh, yes, we do. We love you, Conrad. And we'll be true when you're not near us. We're blue.
1: Oh, Conrad, we love you.
0: And I was like, okay, I get it. Conrad, the poor uh-huh. kid, must have heard that song being sung to him. A
1: million times. Yeah, yeah. the lead character in Bye Bye Birdie is Conrad Birdie, you
0: uh-huh. guys. Right, he's Elvis. I was,
1: I was thinking like, bye, bye, bye Birdie. Birdie. Or like, hey, Helen. <laughs> hey, Hugo. That's have you story. heard about Hugo and Kim? <laughs> Did they really get Ben Yeah, yeah. I was hoping they would. Oh.
0: Uh, Uh, He's gone Go go steady steady for good
1: Go Go steady Go steady Go steady 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 steady
0: for good (laughs) So we learn that Conrad's mental health issues Stem from the fact that his parents Got divorced in high school Right And he was really going through it His grades slipped He couldn't focus He was losing his memory But his parents claim at this point That they never knew how bad it really was
3: We were bringing him to uh, You know all these doctors And you know psychiatrists And trying to figure out you know, what was going
2: wrong. If my kids are happy, I'm happy. So the fact that my son wasn't, it destroyed my soul for a while.
0: We learned things later. I'm like, how did you not know?
1: I know. I mean, and you see what you want. You know, you see the best in your kids or whatever. Yeah. If you're not looking at his phone to see who he's talking to, as the movie is going, we're seeing like the whoop, mm-hmm. whoop. Like mm-hmm. we're seeing more and more text messages from Michelle that say, drink bleach. Jump Why- off a building. Stab yourself. There are so
0: many ways to kill yourself.
1: Yeah. If this woman that he's been corresponding with for years and years is a shock to them, right. they're probably not paying super close attention.
0: So now, now we learn how these two met. So we meet Camden Connor sister. Oh, that poor thing. I know. So we, we learned that Michelle and Conrad met in Florida when they were both on vacation at some resort or something. Yeah, like their families like
1: vacation together.
2: We were visiting my great aunt. She has a place down there, like this country club type of thing. And her, Michelle's grandparents do too. Um, and they were friends, like, so, like February vacation when. Michelle's family and my family, well Conrad's family, were both down there. My aunt introduced Michelle and Conrad to each other. And... Like, I don't know, they went, like, on a bike ride together. Somebody introduces
1: them. Like, you're young and cute. You're young and cute.
0: Yeah, and, you're like, no one wants to be with the adults. Like, you guys go hang out.
1: Yeah, and they do. Right. They go, like, on a bike ride, and they hit it off right away.
0: Right. And then we meet someone from New York Magazine who's, like, they had a thoroughly modern romance because it was all on their phone. Exactly. Their parents thought they met each other once and, like, went on their, like, remember that nice boy from Florida? Meanwhile, she's like, have you killed yourself yet?
2: I never saw her. Like, I mean, I I saw him text her all the time, you know, on his phone, but I didn't think that they had a, um, a relationship like that.
1: And also, like, being from Massachusetts, they live, like, less than an hour from each other. They
0: live very, very close. Yeah, they
1: have, like, licenses. And we get into this later, but, like, there's all of these opportunities for them to, like, meet up and see each other in real life. They never do it. Yeah. Over all of these years, they only see each other, like, five times. And
0: they, they don't get in fights over it. Like, she'll back out and he'll be okay with it. Uh-huh. He'll back out. It's like they wanted this to only, to have the barrier of their phones. Right. Like, they didn't want it to be real. Right. They liked this, the comfort zone of just texting each other all the time.
1: And we'll see that it was, like, just a dumpster fire of each one making the other's mental problems worse. Right. And if anybody else had known what they were texting to each other, it could have been stopped.
0: Exactly. This is the danger of giving your children phones. Don't give them phones. And I, you think like at 17, what are you going to do? I know. It's when true. When the kids are 17, as a parent, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are.
1: You're right. It's true. So now
0: we're at the Massachusetts Supreme Court because we meet
1: her, Michelle's lawyer. And he's basically appealing the fact that she's been indicted. Attorneys for Michelle Carter do not deny the evidence. They do not deny the text messages, etc. Instead, what they say is that even though her conduct may be reprehensible, They say it is not criminal, and therefore she should not be charged with manslaughter in connection with the suicide of her boyfriend.
0: He's like, yeah, sure, she's a monster, but she's not a criminal. (laughs) Like, he basically says that. (laughs) And then it's... (laughs) <laughs> that really is the defense. That really is what he, he takes out all the way to the top. Reprehensible, 100%. <laughs> Criminal, not, on your, not a chance. <laughs> not on my watch. Yeah, Joseph Cataldo.
4: Whether it's the right thing, the wrong thing, the moral thing, the immoral thing, what I'm certain of is it wasn't a crime.
0: Right. And then it's so funny back to the cannibal cop because I just learned that the same filmmaker made that Yeah, because I was like, here we are back to the cannibal cop because Joseph Cataldo is like the idea that speech alone <laughs> <laughs> Could equal manslaughter is a dangerous precedent. I was like, are we back to the cannibal cop again? We kind of are. Yes. I mean, but
1: the other thing is, he says there's no law that criminalizes the encouragement of suicide in Massachusetts, which you hear like the laughter in my voice because I cannot decide if that's a really good thing or a really bad thing. I have strong feelings on both sides. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yes.
0: And it's also kind of like, well, sometimes things just have to, we have to get with the times a little bit. Right. If everything <laughs> is on your phone, like uh-huh. text should be admissible. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that. Well, admissible should. Sure, but like,
1: I don't know. I mean, telling somebody that they should kill themselves, is that? He bought the water pump himself. He bought the generator himself. Uh, He put it all in the bed of his truck himself. This is why I
0: have a lot of feelings about it. I know, I know. But the constant barrage of her, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Like, she would start the the conversation first with, have you killed yourself yet? Right. And this
1: is where, so like, we're seeing the arguments being presented in front of the judges. And this is what they're saying. Like, the lawyer for Michelle is saying like, Your Honor, she wasn't there. The story is, he was, in the truck it was working he got out of the truck and he was scared and he called her right. and she told him to get back in and the judges are asking him like isn't that basically her taking responsibility exactly and the lawyer's saying your honor no she wasn't there right
4: if she was physically present and she said get back in the truck or i'll put you back in there myself or uh, here, another example standing on the edge of a bridge jump off that bridge or i will push you the uh, or i will push you would probably take that over the line But jump off the bridge would not.
1: And so the argument in front of this judge is like, how can you force somebody to kill themselves?
0: Right. And the Supreme Judicial Court upholds the indictment. They're like, we got to see this through a little bit. here. Yeah, because
1: I think the idea is like, whether or not we agree in this specific instance, we got to. Resolve this.
0: Right, so we need to, we can't just be like, okay, yeah. let's deal with this the next time something tragic happens. Exactly. Like, we're here, we kind of have to deal with it. It's 2019. And courts like to set
1: precedent, and this would for sure be a precedent setting case. Of course.
4: I've been doing this for 25 years now. I read the law, I understand it, and it's not a case that should have ever been brought. I'm this going to have a potential chilling effect on free speech rights about whether or not people can openly discuss suicide and encourage it between loved ones. This this case will set precedent.
0: So now she's going to juvenile court for involuntary manslaughter. And let's remember, this happened when
1: she was 17, so she is being tried in juvenile court, which mm-hmm. is a very different thing than being tried in an adult court.
0: And then when she shows up, this guy from Esquire, who we're, who's with us a lot, Jesse Barron. Yeah, I kind of
1: thought he was garbage at first, because even though he's super hot, he said... On the first day of the trial, I was waiting up
3: outside... We had to pick up our press badges, and all the media is there kind of waiting to start the show.
0: Girl! Uh, Yeah. It's not a show, girl.
3: And there was this feeling of a weird sort of inverse star power that was put on her.
1: She was thin, she was blonde, she was tanning booth tan. It felt like she knew she was going to be photographed
0: tanning booth tan like she showed up knowing she was going to be photographed okay so he says this and I have in huge
1: capital letters of course she did of course she did if this was a dude in a suit who shaved and got a haircut he would not be pointing that out
0: every lawyer in the world is telling their client look you have to look your best
1: let's focus on the actual garbage shit that she did and not the fact that she's pretty she can't help that she's thin she can't help that she's blonde she did her hair it is so garbagey because this guy goes on to say really smart things he that does. I really like. Yeah. But this bullshit made me so mad. Yeah, Of course too. she knew she was going to be photographed. Of course she did. She
2: just looks like
1: that. Right.
0: And she's a 17-year-old kid. They're vain sometimes. I don't know what to tell you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not the point. It's not why we're here.
1: So we find out Michelle gives up her right to a jury trial, and this judge now is going to decide. And one of the reporters outside says this is a brilliant strategy. It is. It was
3: a genius defense strategy here, especially doing it in the 11th hour, uh, right before they're supposed to select a jury. Juries of your peers often don't know the law as much as they know their own emotions and how their own emotions are applied to the facts that are put in front of them. And
4: sometimes emotions win the day.
0: Her defense is like, there's not a law on the books for this. This is all about the law, the words, the this. So to yeah. bring a jury into that means that some, some mother, some grandmother, some aunt is going to say, no, 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 no. Right. You can't do that. They bring emotion into it. Uh-huh. Her lawyers want to keep it as cut and dry. Let's go right to the book.
1: And also, it's like if I'm ever on trial for murder, this is my strategy. Uh-huh. Like one person versus twelve. Right? Are you kidding? Right. I'm probably never going to kill anybody, but I don't know. I don't know. I- I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) You seem like you think I might actually kill somebody
5: someday.
0: I've seen you very, very mad. (laughs) About what? The littlest things. So I'm just. I mean, look, you brought it up, right? If you could get so furious about something little, I'm just saying, I wonder if something really bad happened. If You're, I would just
1: snap. Uh huh. Well, let's hope we never find out. Yeah. What if a year from now, it's you and Perez Hilton hosting this show, and it's a documentary about garbage? Me. You and Ross Matthews?
0: I don't know. I don't want to do this with anybody. Why are we talking about this? You and RuPaul? I feel like you and RuPaul now, have. A- wait a second. <laughs>
1: So we get a little bit of Michelle's backstory. I thought this was interesting because they're saying that, like, everybody in her life knows her as just a polite girl. She was a nice kid. She was a good student. Mm-hmm. She won most likely to brighten your day.
0: But then we learn, like, okay, fine. She was sweet. But then it's like, you you <laughs> dumb adults don't know anything. Uh-huh. You don't know anything. Because she was also really manipulative and really needy. Right. So we get these texts. We have to go through these. This is bonkers. So it's like an hour. Bonkers. Out- yeah. Bonkers. Get ready for some bonkers. Enough. so an hour after Conrad is found, yeah, Michelle texts his sister Camden. Yeah, she says, "Hey, Camden, it's Michelle Carter. I don't know if you remember me, but I'm dating your brother again." Ha 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 ha. Look, pause one second. Yeah, the ha-has after every text. I know. You have to stop doing that after every like. Oh, I'm so sad. Ha ha. Like you can't have the, the double <laughs> ha after every text. I know. I know she's I know. 17, but I know adults who do it, and uh-huh. I can't. I I, I yeah. won't live in that world. Okay. I won't do it. Okay, okay? Yeah. everyone, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> stop doing that
1: I love it when we get a directive from Jillian that's easy to follow it is
0: frankly. so insincere so she goes does your mom know where Conrad is
4: uh-huh.
0: and like we don't know Camden's response but the next day Michelle says find him yet I know Camden says no then she says just stay positive let me know Michelle doesn't tell the family that she has been having this whole she's playing dumb here Yeah. she's trying to be like oh I'm the girlfriend like what happened like I'm exactly the same as you guys
2: yeah their thought that she really cared about him. You know, I told her, I said, I'm so glad that my son had someone like you in his life. And I thought she was very, very sweet and compassionate and loving. I don't know. Why would you ever think that someone would think the way
1: she does? Now here's the thing you guys It seems almost like She's sending these texts Surrounded by girlfriends Drinking mimosas Being just an evil Evil person
0: Right like laughing So
1: that's the way That we're meant to take it At this point We see this from another Perspective in the next episode
0: Yeah it's interesting I didn't see her as la- I just saw her as, as like alone In her lair uh-huh. Like manipulating the situation To get attention yeah. Interesting like I didn't see it As like Regina George
1: Yeah well okay Because my point is just This all seems so mean It does it but does. we see it from another Perspective in the next episode Right
0: So she's making it's. Seem like she really, really cared about him. Like, oh, you know, I you know, you can always text me. Hey, love. She's texting his mom. Yeah. Like she's very involved. Then, after they find Conrad, the
1: mom gets an utterly batshit insane text message from Michelle.
0: Right. She's asking the mom very morbid details about the funeral service. Right. Is it an open casket? Is it a closed casket? And then she says
2: She messaged me at some point, said, You tried your hardest. I tried my hardest. I was like, <sighs> Well, that's a red flag, you know, excuse my language, but what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> like, I tried to save him. I had no idea he was feeling that way.
0: But then Michelle learns that Conrad's being cremated. Yeah. You guys, this is so fucking crazy. She asks for some of his ashes. Yeah. Those are beautiful
5: and perfect places to spread his ashes. I know you probably don't want me to, but am I allowed to have some or No. I completely understand if you don't want me to.
0: This girl is not well. And also, it's an hour away. Just go to the house. Right. Why are you texting his whole family? Like, inserting yourself into this tragedy.
1: Again, we're going to see this from another perspective. Yes.
0: All right. So now we're back
1: to the trial. And here, oh, God, I have anxiety even just ta- bringing this up. Because yes. I feel like this scene is every fucking teenager's worst nightmare. Right.
0: So the prosecution is painting Michelle as this lonely, needy, unpopular girl in school.
5: Who would do this and why? suggest the evidence will show that the defendant was a very needy person who craved attention but she didn't have many close friends you're going to hear from some of the girls that knew her during high school they will tell you that she texted them incessantly she was trying to get close to them and be part of their lives but these girls had many things going on And they really didn't hang around with her outside of school. So we meet Sam, Olivia,
0: and Lexi. And these are the three girls that, like, she really wanted to be their Uh, friend. It's so
1: awful, too, because they're on the stand. And, like, you know, this is years later. Like, they probably haven't kept in touch. They're all, like, 20 years old at this point. Yeah. And we see them. And so let's just go through this. Yeah. The
0: prosecutor is asking them, like, were you friends? Now, in your junior year, did you meet someone by the name of Michelle Carter? Yes. And do you remember how you came to meet her? She was in two of my classes, I believe. Um,
5: would you consider yourself a close friend with her in high school? We're close teammates, I would say. So you were more teammates, not friends?
2: We were friends in the sense that I was there for her when she was going through things, and okay. but not every day. But.
0: Please describe your relationship with Michelle Carter if, if you had any. It was
2: mostly an in-school friendship, um, mostly just, like, talking in school and stuff, Um, that was kind of like the extent. And during
0: those first couple of years of high school, would you ever socialize with Michelle Carter outside of high school, outside of seeing her in a classroom? I don't believe I did. They are, like, testifying officially in a court of law that they wouldn't go out of their way to hang out with her. I know. And not, like, she would text them all the time. Constantly. And they would just
1: ignore her. One
0: thing that I think is really, really mean Uh that Lexi did, I mean. This is all, it's all mean. It's all mean. It's mean. mean. So, like, at one point, like, she's, like, it was just an exclusively, like, an in-school friendship. And at one point, Michelle was asking them to go to a softball game with her. Uh Oh, I know what you're going to say. And Lexi responds with, like, oh, sorry, I can't. I have people over. And then doesn't invite her. It's so mean. Me. And, like, I need more context because, like, the, the girls come off as so mean and horrible. And I need to know, like, what was it about her that was so... Was she annoyed? It's just she, I know exactly what it was. She was too needy.
1: She was way too needy. And we hear this, like, this cool doctor that we meet later just says, like, none of these girls could possibly be what she needed. So she kept texting them. Right. And texting them. And then when they didn't respond, she would text them again. And
0: then she would come up with some tragedy. And then they would be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And they would fall for it every time. Right. And then there, there were things that we learned later. Like, when she was invited somewhere she'd like kind of ruined the party she would bring other people that they didn't know uh-huh. and it's kind of like whenever Michelle was around it was kind of like a bummer or like she would like ruin things in some way like yeah. she couldn't just like Michelle you got invited to the party just go and be cool girl and this
1: is the crazy shit okay
0: this is this I kind of can't handle two days before Conrad's death Michelle texts Sam one of the girls about how Conrad is missing Conrad is not missing He's, at this point
1: she's like alternately texting with him
0: right about like have you killed yourself yet <laughs> oh God. seriously text like did did you do it do Mm -hmm. you have the bleach whatever so now she's acting she's so worried I don't know where he is I have no idea and Sam because she's they're really not monsters they're just teenage girls who don't want the needy girl around like whatever yeah Sam's like, oh my God, oh my God, what do you need? Are you okay? Should I come over? And, and Michelle learns that when tragedy strikes, these girls actually are caring and will be there for her because right. it's obvious that she's lonely. And just to be super clear, she's pretending
1: to these girls that her boyfriend is missing uh-huh. while texting with the boyfriend at the same time.
5: So the prosecution is saying... She knew her plan to get attention would work because she pre-tested it on July 10th. Two days before Conrad committed suicide, she did a dry run, texting several girls that Conrad had gone missing while simultaneously texting and talking with Conrad telling him to go get the gas machine.
1: So two things. She needed to see what the girl's reaction would be Mm -hmm. but then she also needed to make him kill himself so that she wasn't lying.
0: Right. And so in her mind well if he actually goes missing and he's dead forever maybe we'll be friends forever because they'll always feel bad for me because I'm the girl with the missing boyfriend. Exactly. And now she had to make that a reality is what the prosecution is saying.
1: And you see like you see her texting with him about buying the the equipment to do it. Like where are you going to do it? When are you going to do it?
0: Yeah. There's a lot of urgency here now yeah because instead of saying it's okay to be scared now there are questions when are you going to do it At what time right did you buy the stuff yet
1: and like so meanwhile so she's texting with him about the order of events and killing himself she's texting with the girls about him being missing and I'm like did nobody want to just actually use the texting machine to make a phone call
0: right you know what I mean? tell her tell your parents put again put the phone down I know find an, an adult in the room how do I tell Daisy every single day
1: when your friend is saying to you my boyfriend is missing yeah you come right to me and tell me yeah get an adult parents, so that I can call you and you'll know what to do. <laughs> right.
0: And I'll say Mike help. And he'll, he'll be like and he'll everyone comes right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, And they'll figure it out. But
0: my parents said growing up if something happens you will not be in trouble. That's if, the right thing to do parents. Yeah. If way. someone tells you something and it makes you feel scared you can tell us and you won't be in trouble. No questions asked. Come to us for that. We
1: learned this by watching My So-Called Life. I, Patty Chase is slapping Rayanne to try to get her to wake up from her drug Right. Morrow.
0: I grew up knowing like okay like fine we'll go get the fake ID we'll go to the bar. But if, so, if shit went down yeah i knew that i could call home and things would be okay
1: daisy if you're listening to this you're not gonna fake idea you will be grounded forever
0: daisy call me <laughs> so now two days later conrad actually does kill himself it's july 12th yeah remember it, like get back in the car finish this shit yeah it yeah. happened it's horrible july 13th as she's texting the family anything you need all the sympathy she texts the girls trying to make plans what does she ask you Can we do something tonight to get my mind off of it? She sounds like a heartless monster. I know. It
1: feels like Heather's. It feels like Mean girl. It feels like this crazy, sick thing happened so she could be popular.
0: I mean, and that's kind of what's happening here. Like, I think that that, she's like, oh, well, now they'll be my friend forever. Right. Because I'm the girl with the dead boyfriend.
5: Right. In the days following Conrad's death, she sought attention and sympathy, posting frequently on Facebook about how she missed him. People started texting her, consoling her, visiting her, and she suddenly became important. Can we talk Tell about you. Homers for Conrad? We have to. She sets up this,
1: like, event for Conrad in her town. It's called Homers for Conrad. She gets everyone involved. It's a
0: softball tournament in Conrad's honor for mental health awareness. Right. Hey,
1: I put the Homers for Conrad on Facebook. I'm, like, famous now. Haha, <laughs> Check it out. And, like, all of a sudden Conrad's best friend is texting her, like, hey, did you want to maybe do this in the town where he
0: died, where all of his friends and family are? She's like, no, not really. Haha. Right. <laughs> and she says like, well, I didn't want to organize something in a town where I don't know anybody. And at one point, like, I get that. But at, on the other hand, if you're texting his whole family, say, hey, I have this great idea. Wouldn't it be great? I'll come down and I'll bring my friends. And why don't we do this thing? It's but also a little
1: too soon. Can it, you just wait a month or two to do the charity right, event?
0: She wants to have a party so everyone, so she could be the girl with a dead boyfriend and everyone will be nice to her. Right. Because the girls say on the stand. What did you do
5: after you heard that? I went to see her. And was that something that you would normally do?
2: It's something I would normally do for a friend that was having a difficult time. No, I'm asking
5: time. you, would you normally do that for Michelle
0: Carter in mean, her house?
2: No, not usually.
0: No, we only went over because her boyfriend killed herself. And
1: they keep cutting to Michelle in that moment, like, listening to these girls say this about her. I know. And so, look on her face is, like, horror. It's horror. Yeah. And
0: there's also, like, detachment there uh-huh. where I'm like, are you really listening to this? Yeah. So now she's saying, like, so she's texting with his friend. She's like, this is my idea. I created it to be here. Ha ha. You're not taking credit for my idea, right? She wants the credit. The best friend says on the stand.
4: When I kept asking about it, she wanted to make clear that she was getting credit for all this, which I had no problem
0: with And she looks all too happy in these photos. Of course. And it's weird to like, everyone like, cheese! Uh And you're at an awareness event for mental health. Yeah. Because someone, an 18-year-old kid, took their own life. It's horrifying. Why is anybody smiling?
1: Let me ask you another question. What? This documentary does this weird thing where they do these like man-on-the-street interviews. Right, because
0: everyone has to care about what so-and-so from Framingham has to say (laughs) about this
5: case. I've never met the girl, but I've seen pictures of her. She just has that look that I remember. But I see that look and it's like, you little snot. How could you do that to a human being? You 90210 piece of crap. Uh, you know? Because we see this lady in a
1: car who literally just calls her a little snot. A little snot. <laughs> you 90210 piece of crap. <laughs> Ah, that is the most massachusetts thing. She's basically right. holding a Dunkin' Donuts coffee in her hand. She
0: is? Yeah. You 90210 piece of crap? Like, what is that? <laughs>
1: okay.
0: She's Again, we're back to, she's a little too pretty. <laughs> right. Exactly, Ooh.
1: exactly. And
0: she's, she goes on to say, if I was on the jury, I'd have no trouble saying, your parents won't miss you. <laughs> You're going to Framingham for 30 years. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> And that is why they don't have a jury. It's true. Yes. That's
1: one million she percent. She is why they don't have a jury. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So now the hot Esquire reporter is back, and he he is the one who's saying to us. So as soon as the indictment happened, a narrative was set that she was this heartless bitch. Yeah. Who killed a guy To get popular
0: Because all teenage girls Are manipulative And they only want attention And they're All teenage girls Are capable of this And
1: I just He's saying it like This is the stereotype The fact that he's saying it Is perpetuating the stereotype And I hate that But you know It's kind of like What I knew about this case Going into this Because uh-huh. it's what I saw In the news
0: Right And then we meet This psychiatrist guy He's with us For a bunch of it So
1: he's kind of Garbagey right now But then I kind of Love him later
0: And then I end up Thinking he's a hack I don't know If, yeah. if we go round and round and
3: Men are terrified of women. We all struggle with that. There's a long history of witches in our culture. And who were witches? Witches were often strong, loving women who treated people, deranged people, sick people. And we have vilified women in many roles throughout history. There's in many men a fear that women can control them.
1: When he's talking about, like, why society, quote, hates women, Mm -hmm. there's a long history of witches in our culture.
0: He's like, all men are terrified of women. That's just science. Every (laughs) man is terrified of women.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So now we learn about Michelle, something we didn't really know, Mm -hmm. that Michelle had serious mental health issues for most of her life.
0: She had an eating disorder. Yes. She was uh, harming herself. She was cutting herself. Cutting herself. And all of these things mean more and more isolation. Right. Because when you cut yourself, you have to hide it. So you right. you go out less and you, you lie to your parents and it just forces isolation. And eating disorder, too, it's something to hide. Right. So now her defense lawyer is up and he's basically saying, look, we need to talk about Conrad here.
1: Right, because the whole narrative this whole time has been about Michelle.
4: Your Honor, this case is a suicide case. It is not a homicide. The Commonwealth is trying to have it so, that the evidence is all about Michelle Cotta. There is so much evidence about Conrad Roy and his decisions and his
0: choices. Right. His argument is Conrad did not need any help to do what he did. Uh huh. Because we learn we have Conrad's Google searches, things he gave a gook. They're scary. <laughs> yeah. The first time where I'm like, oh God, this is horrifying in a gook search, my goodness. <laughs> not the first time. Hello, Cannibal Cop. Anyway. <laughs> His Google searches are things like, does committing suicide make you happy Uh. and wishing you never existed? Yeah, and all of these horrible things and then we learn more of his text messages he was texting her images of guns and nooses Nooses. really morbid stuff and you guys in the next episode we are going to learn about
1: how he manipulated her yeah that is huge there's listen there's two sides to every story and the way this documentary is so brilliantly made Mm -hmm. is that we are only getting her side in this episode
0: the question at the heart of this case is can you cause someone else to commit suicide the prosecution has to prove that Michelle Carter caused Conrad Roy's death.
3: It's a perfect storm of a tragedy. It's a complete tragedy. Many things played a role in here. And some things that seem very important seem to me to have been withheld by the prosecution.
0: And so this, ep- this first episode ends with the judge denying the motion to dismiss the charges like the judge like
1: <laughs> no girl no
0: girl yeah. no bitch <laughs> defense you're up let's go five, six, seven, eight, and defense
1: and so that's what it's gonna be like the defense is going to show in the next episode which is available right now at, on the Patreon <laughs> at, at the $5 <laughs> level ad free it's all about how he did not need any help he was going to kill himself
0: we learn this was a very toxic very unhealthy abusive relationship right which is shocking right
1: because be- He seems in this episode, he seems very much like she's the one with all the power. She's the one in control. And he's like this delicate flower. All right, you guys, just a reminder the next episode is available right now on our Patreon feed at the $5 level, ad free. We're going to keep it there until it goes live next week. It is also our regular episode next week.
0: Yes. Go check it out. Yeah, join us, won't you? Girl, we got through part one. We did, just barely. I know. It is, it's such a crazy story. It really is. It is. I'm learning a lot. I'm having a lot of feelings. I don't really know what to do.
1: Yeah, I don't know know how to
0: handle it. (laughs) You guys, just a reminder, we
1: have two new live shows up. Uh, Our show at the Just for Last Festival in Toronto in September. Our show with the Maura Murray boys and Maggie in October, where we're going to just like get drunk and talk about the Maura Murray case. Uh It's going to be amazing. Yep. And our Patreon, you guys, at the $5 level, you get all of our 80-something episodes that are episode-by-episode coverage of Serial, The Staircase, Making a Murderer, The Jinx, Lorena. Lorena, you get ringtones and the after party at the $7 level. Yep. $10, you get all of that, plus
0: ad-free episodes on our regular feed. Yep.
1: Next week, you guys, it's I Love You Now Die Part 2, mm-hmm. which again is available
0: right now ad-free on the Patreon at the $5 level. Right. Girl, where can they find us? At True Crime Obsess on the Twitter, at True Crime Obsess Podcast on the Insta, and True crime for everything else you could possibly want TCO related. <laughs> where can they find you? At Jillian with a G on all the things.
1: I'm at Patrick Hines underscore on the Insta, at Patrick Hines and the Twitter. Twitter. Is that right? Did I say that right?
0: Yeah, I said it for you last time. I know.
1: I said it backwards this time. I was really confused. That was weird. I, I don't
0: know. like it. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Thank you. Bye bye. Remember how the Ted Bundy tapes gave me nightmares? Uh huh. Now it's Meryl Streep. Now she's knocking at the door, <laughs> coming to get me. <laughs> it makes me feel like we could do this now.
1: Like we could be like recording artists. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we like are. Yeah, we it's te- true. technically we are. We
1: are recording and we are artists. We're artists. <laughs> Also, these cops just have this weird job where, like, they don't really have jobs. Like their their whole thing is to just like go through old death records and and reports and be like, we should investigate this one. We should investigate this one. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what it seemed like to me.
0: Oh, I thought they just like caught this case. Right. I don't know. Sorry, I've been rewatching The Wire a lot. <laughs> I didn't like the dad on site. What's that about?
1: <laughs> it seems like we might have another garbage bill to give away. Yeah. Go steady steady, steady, steady for, for good. good.
0: Hey, Ursula. <laughs> Ursula.
1: What a name. That's, that's a sea witch, if you ask me. It totally is.
0: I have yet to be in Vogue Glamour, but one day. Well, you're
1: not quite flamingo, are you? <laughs>
0: I'm not. I'm certainly not.
1: Will you tell the people what we learned at the prior show is your least favorite joke?
0: My least favorite joke. <laughs> no, because if I say, oh, whatever. You guys are going to do it to me right? anyway. <laughs> is being in an elevator that is stopping on a lot of floors, which is super annoying. Uh huh. And someone makes the joke with, oh, looks like we took the local. I can't. <laughs> Because I'm already annoyed. I'm not I don't want to laugh right now. I, I want to get to where I'm going. Now if I have to go somewhere important, everyone's gonna be like, oh, how are you? I'll be like miserable. My day was just ruined.
1: By Sam from accounting
0: on the 29th. From accounting. HR, uh. keep coming back. I keep
3: coming back i keep coming back to this whirlwind tour of loving and leaving and wanting more i swear that i swore off of love before but i I keep coming back somehow i keep coming back I keep coming back all goo goo hide I've been through the ringer and been drip-dried I say I'm a mess, but I say it with Please, baby, get me